Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 24 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is the three questions. I'm Andy Richter, and I am talking today to Jesse Tyler Ferguson from the TV. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good. It's good to see good. you. It's good to see you. Yeah. How's life? You got two little kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, a, my second one came four months ago. Wow. Um, when I was in the middle of doing a play on Broadway, actually. Wow. So I was coming like back. They brought him to you. Yeah. Right? Was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Still wet. Crib side pickup. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's traveled back and forth from uh, New York to back to LA yeah. to you know be with the family as much as possible. But it's uh, I'm really happy to uh, just sort of be able to focus on him now. Had you wanted to be a father for a long time? Um, you know, it was always something. I'm 47. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm gay. I, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, marriage didn't even feel like a yeah. real thing for, for me. So fatherhood was really like something I, I, I desired it, but I didn't think it was ever going to be possible. Yeah. And, you know, I married someone who's 10 years younger and has a lot more like hope in the future and uh, was <laughs> activated in energy to yeah, like change yeah. policy. <laughs> and uh, because of him, I became very involved in um, the fight for marriage equality. And, uh, you know, he really just inspired me to become more active and like, you know, uh, fight for change. Yeah. And, uh, he he wanted to become a father at some point, and uh, you know, I, I I kind of started to look at it as like a thing that could could happen. Yeah. Um. And I I friends of mine, same sex couple friends of mine, started to like have babies. Babies started popping up around me. I was like, oh, this is actually, this is a thing that people are doing. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm always one to follow a trend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So we looked into yeah, it. We got the pamphlets. There's, there's secondhand stores you can get rid of them later. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll try it out. <laughs> we kept the receipts. Yes. Uh, no, but it's been great. I I think deep down inside, I was always meant to do this because it feels it feels very uh, comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah. There's a reason why people do this at an earlier age. Right. But I'm really happy I did it, and it feels very natural. So I think, you know, deep down inside, yeah, I was always wanting to be a father. Yeah, I think it keeps you young, too. I I, I hear think, that, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, in my, I have a 22-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter from my first marriage, and I'm marrying someone who came with a baby. Uh-huh. So I now, uh, I mean, she's not legally mine yet, but I have a three-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. So that's that was... 
That interests me because I, my dad was, he's in a second marriage and he was telling me that when he met his uh, second wife, um, I guess technically my stepmother, but I've never called her that. Yeah. It's Christine and she's lovely. But, you know, she <laughs> talked about like wanting to have a kid and it scared the shit out of my dad. Oh, yeah. And I just, I you know, having grown kids, I mean, what is it? I, 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 a three-year-old, that's yeah. that's no joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm around that age with Beckett and yeah. it's, it's a lot. It, it's, it is the a lot. The mood swings alone. The, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy to go from crying to laughing on a dime. Are you, I mean, how, how do you feel about that? I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm fine with it. And I, but you gotta be. I, well, kinda, yeah. I mean, and I, I, you know, my daughter had asked me after the divorce, like, are you gonna have another kid? And I said, I don't think so. I said, but honestly, yeah. you know, I wouldn't mind. I don't, I, you know, because I don't know. It's just, I love kids. Yeah. I like being a dad. And what the hell? Why not? Believe me, I, I mean, I I do kind of try to keep that decision making sort of on the simple positive tip. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it does get complicated where I do feel like, oh yeah, shit, that's right. Even just having a second one, like going back to the early, like the tiny diapers and like all that, yeah, all, yeah. all the stuff that revolves around, you know, a newborn, you know, the, the, the bathtubs that are sit inside other little bathtubs. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, you forget all this stuff yeah. and like you forget partly how easy it is because they don't do anything and how, how exhausting it is because yes. you're worried about them constantly. It's astonishing how quickly you forget and move on. And then yeah. like when you have a second one, you're like, oh God, this again. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing that I did remember was how transitory all the phases were. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the midst of something, you know, where you're going like, I, I mean, I know my new daughter doesn't listen to this show so I can embarrass her. <laughs> um, she's completely potty trained, mm -hmm. got the hang of it. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden just started peeing her pants again. Right, right, right. Because well, she, it happens think, to the yeah. best of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is a, she drinks. Um, but, <laughs> Big no, drinker. <laughs> she loves uh, Infamil. I think she's just, she's just, she just she's playing mm -hmm. and she has to pee. And she's yeah. like, meh, yeah. you know. She goes, and I think that there's also the thought process, well, somebody's going to change me. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. if I make a puddle here. Which is my argument when, <laughs> when it's late at night and the bathroom right. just seems a little too inaccessible. Right, right. Well, someone will change Or me. when you're at a restaurant. Or exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can't you get someone to clean that up for me? <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, and I have to tell, because my, my fiance, this is her first child mm -hmm. this is her first child so there's a lot of this kind of stuff where she's like what is happening and i'm yeah. like eh, you know sometimes they start peeing their pants again yeah, and she's yeah, like yeah. what and i'm like yeah but don't worry i said you know it's gonna work itself out and it and when you're past those kind of tough patches mm -hmm. it seems like oh that was a million years ago mm -hmm. and and we're kind of done right. with that yeah i did definitely have to relearn my baby patience Mm -hmm. You know, just like dealing with a, a, like a, you know, this weird little wild animal right. that is, has no logic to it whatsoever. Right. Right. And having to be like, please get in the car, get in the car, get in the car, get to your location, get out of the car, right. get out of it, you know, just <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. And you just have to like, yeah. get over it. Yeah. And, and you can't, you can't take your grown up patience into the situation into baby no, world no you gotta be like you know no i'm learning a lot yeah I, I, i'm i'm 
yeah, I'm I'm in that place where I'm just uh, my patience being tested hourly, yeah. if not <laughs> more often, and it's. Uh, you know, I think it's making me a more patient person because, yeah. I, of course, I love this person so much, and it's hard to be super angry at this really cute kid yeah. who's driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, getting down to their eye level and just, like, really talking about it. I was like, gosh, this actually works really well. Maybe yeah. I should start implementing this with my husband. <laughs> just getting to his eye level yeah. and saying, I know you're having big feelings right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's also, too, like, the thing, I mean, from, like, the way that I was raised— Sim- my parents' uh, parenting, I think, was much simpler because they hit me. You know right, what I mean? Right, they would yeah. give you a swat. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't brutalize me. Sure. I mean, you, I guess you could make the case that any swatting is brutalizing. But that definitely was, right. you know, I got a gazillion spankings. And when it was time for, you know, get in the car and you're like, no, no there's no negotiation. It was right. just like, a, you know, a sharp shock of pain. Exactly. And yeah. and when you don't have that, it right. is like way more complicated. Oh, for sure. To try and talk them through it. Yeah, it's so interesting because I was talking about that with some friends of mine who are also newish parents. I was like, you know, I was asking, did you get spanked when you were a kid? And I, I got spanked when I was when I was a kid. Oh, um, I mean, and I just weapons, I, it wouldn't. There was a whole uh, oh, that, what, what, wooden know, spoons, rulers, wooden spoons, uh-huh. you know, spatulas. That's right. My grandma used to do the go cut your cut me a switch. Oh no! <laughs> like go go out into the yard and pick the weapon I'm going to beat you with. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I know, but it's just it's something that wouldn't even. I, I, listen, I mean, I, I'm still a new dad, but like I just can't even fathom. Yeah. That me uh, that that would be something that I would implement. Yeah, um, it just doesn't seem possible. You know, there's a, a, the the very first episode of Modern Family. Um, Ty Burrell's character shoots his son is like a as paper. He shot someone, his sister, and then so like now it's like, well, now we have to shoot you with this BB gun, right? And they're scheduling the time when to shoot Luke, and you know he has a yeah, birthday yeah. party, all this stuff, and like he ends up coming out with padded with all the stuff, you know, so it's not going to hurt him. Yeah, and I remember doing that. I remember like. Knowing that I was in trouble, and the first thing I would do is go find a small throw pillow <laughs> and put it in my butt, as if my parents weren't going to notice. I was like padded like a drag queen. Yeah, you know, it's like. And they, did they just spank you on top of it? Or no, they, they would pull it out oh, and oh. spank me. Sometimes then it would like, well, then if you did that, you get the pants get pulled down, and it's like, oh, then it's right on the skin. Right, right, right. I, I mean, I've and I've said this on this show before. I confess to my son, who's the oldest at one point, that. Uh, Every new hurdle, we didn't know, you know, it was the first time we were doing it. Whereas with his sister, we'd kind of been through all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm wondering when you hit those kind of challenges where you don't know what to do, what do you guys do? Like, do you read a book? You, you rely on grandma and grandpa, or do you just wing it? It's a little bit of crowdsourcing. So yeah. Asking. I, I, I tend to not ask the grandparents, because I just feel like so much has changed. Uh, yeah. But I do. You're also inviting them in. Right. And you do not want to do that. <laughs> yeah. It also gives them so much power when you, like, want their advice. Like, mm. oh, that's mm-hmm. where you're at. Yeah. Um. So I tend to ask my friends who have 
you know, are my age. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. How are you working through this? There's so many books. There's so many different ways to do things. We're in the potty training phase right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself as well. I'm just doing a refresher course for myself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're no, using the good. opportunity. Yeah. You have yeah, it's like, you know, you take a golf lesson. Exactly. You know, just to get the game back up to speed. Everyone's already in that mindset. Might sure. as well do it now. We're yeah. putting it off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are, there's so many books about that alone. Yeah, and, um, yeah. You know, it's just like figuring out which system you're going to go with and then sticking with it. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's I, it, You get so much advice. It is it, you, ch- you have to cherry pick things. I mean, yeah. you can't. Th- and everything's conflicting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and I, I do ask my, my um, modern family cast who have kids, mostly Julie, because she seems to have her stuff together around yeah. her children specifically. Her, the rest of her life's a mess, but her with her kids, she's great. Um, well, she also is a very, I think, a very down to earth person. Yes, yeah, 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 and, and and a realist, and she just yeah. she has great resources. Yeah. Like if you're like, what's the best fill in the blank? She has that answer for you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just a lot of crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. You were you were were born in Montana. That's right. You're a cowboy. Baby. Yeah, I guess so, Ernie. <laughs> yeah. I just started watching Yellowstone action. I was like, oh, this is this is where I'm from. Is it um it, were, was your family from Montana? What were they? No, no, no. Because no. you didn't live there for long. No, right? like just a year. Yeah. Um uh but uh then we moved to Albuquerque. I, we moved around a little bit. My dad was in the military, so he oh, uh, I see. we moved around a bit. Um also a, a microbiologist, so it's just he landed at the state lab in Albuquerque, which is why we ended up there. I mean, couldn't have a career more different than mine. Yeah. Um which is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, but I don't remember Montana at all. And my dad had a big, I, I believe it was his 70th birthday in Montana, in, in Missoula, Montana, where I was born and where they used to live. And so that was the first time I went back and actually saw, you know, this state that I was born in. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like growing up in Albuquerque? Um, not great. <laughs> Uh, it's a <laughs> terrible. Sorry, Albuquerque. Sorry. But listen, they've changed a lot. They have grown immensely, and I'm yeah. very proud of them. Uh, but you know, first of all, just raising a redhead in the in in the desert is what are we doing? <laughs> um, a lot of yeah, yeah. issues that are popping up now for me. <laughs> a lot of parasol <laughs> use. Yes. Um, it was um, at the time that I was there. You know, I was I was an artsy. I was an indoor kid. Uh, you know, loved the arts. Uh, was not a big sports person. Yeah, and uh, the the city just kind of thrives on everything that I wasn't interested in. Uh, uh, and then I went to Catholic school on top of that. Oh boy! And I was gay. Yeah. So it was just a lot of different things coming at me. Right. Um, you know, I had a, a I didn't have an easy time in school. I moved around a little bit because I was bullying, being bullied so intensely. Oh. Um, but it, it's. <laughs> It's so interesting because I I know in the time when it was happening, it felt like like it was like really dark. But like looking back on it, I was like, God, I, I, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't my, my life wasn't threatened. Right. Um, but I, uh, I I I remember just having a very hard time sort of finding my footing and and finding um, outlets that that sort of supported the interests that I had. Yeah. Um, and I had to get really creative with that, and it was also why, like, I I was desperate to move to to New York, which I I ended up doing. But I, I knew nothing about the city. I just knew that that's where 
you know, Broadway was. And right, like I, there right. were great theater schools and all, all these, you know, th- these interests that I had were, were, were very viable there. Yeah. Um, so it, it was, uh, it was this destination. It was like, it was like wanting to go to the, you know, Oz. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I didn't, it didn't seem real, but at the same time, I like, I knew that if I, once I got there, it would feel right. right. Yeah. And it did. That's great. Yeah. I mean, how did your parents reacted having to change you around it? all these different schools were they um you know were they you know i mean it's a pain yeah that's what i'm gonna say i mean did they ever sort of yeah did you feel like they were going okay but (laughs) oh my god you know maybe a little bit i i I don't know i mean i i could i do know that when my mom when i i sort of was uh super honest with my mom about some incidents that happened when i was like in seventh grade i think it was um just being bullied pretty intensely um you know she just had no idea that it was that bad Mm. uh and i think she felt terrible that she didn't know it was sort of like why didn't you tell me and you know it's a lot of it's because i was embarrassed i was still closeted at the time so it's like hard to talk to your your parents about something that like you are hiding from them yeah uh, or like skirt around the actual thing that you're talking about um so i'm sure she was uh i can only imagine she was super empathetic um and and my father so i don't mean to leave him out of this decision but like uh I, I also imagine that it was a, a pain in the ass because yeah. it had to like find somewhere for me to go. So I ended up going to a different school for my eighth grade year. And then when I started high school, I went to um, the main Catholic high school in, in Albuquerque. And a lot of those people that I had uh, like fled from in yeah. seventh grade were all of a sudden part of this larger pool in, in high school. And it sort of started up again a little bit like, oh, yeah, you thought you were going to get away from us. Yeah. I was like dropped right back into enemy territory. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting because by the time I, I was a junior in high school, I, I sort of was letting myself become more the person who I ended up being, yeah. specifically as uh, an artist. Like I joined the the speech and debate club that actually didn't exist that I, I started at, oh, wow. at, at, the, at the school. Um, and it was just like me and maybe like one other person. Yeah. And I dragged a few of my my friends in, into it with me. I had very few friends, but like the few that I had, I was like, well, you've follow me into this yeah and um i ended up doing really really well and like i remember i did a a cutting uh, a dramatic interpretation it's a 10 minute cutting of angels in america by tony kushner oh wow which is for those who don't know a very uh, it won the pulitzer prize but it's a it's a play about the aids crisis and roy cohen uh you know it it, it, it covers it's it spans many different um platforms it's not a great piece for maybe a, a, a 16-year-old kid to be doing in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yes. But I ended up going to um, nationals uh, with this piece. Like, I got, I won, like, all the districts in Albuquerque, and I got to go to nationals, which happened to be in the Bible Belt somewhere. I don't remember exactly where. So, you know, I got there, and I did my piece, and, of course, I was immediately, like, got incredibly low scores, was eliminated because I was like, they didn't want to hear this material, wow. this challenging material being yeah. spoken to them, I believe, because I was very good. It couldn't have been because of my talent. <laughs> um, but then when I came back to Albuquerque, my English teacher who knew I was doing this stuff and was trying to be supportive of me, I think kind of saw potential in me, asked me if I would do the piece for the classroom. And uh, I, I said, well, it's this, it's kind of as like, you know, I, I told him what it was about and why I was nervous about it. He's like, I know, I think that I think it'll be great. And I ended up doing this piece for these kids who like historically from like first grade, a lot of them were like my my biggest enemies, yeah. and, like people that would torture me. And here I was doing this very revealing thing for them. And I'm sure it made some of them uncomfortable, but th- there were a few people that I had never spoken to before in all these like 
12 years that I've known them um, that came up to me for the first time and were like, you're really talented. You're, you're great. Like you're going to, you're going to, oh, wow. you're going to be on Broadway someday. And, um, you know, that was my hope and my dream. So it, it felt strangely vindicating to like sort of stay in that, that place where I had so many challenges and yet still kind of, um, make my way to the surface and, and survive yeah. and, and also show them what I was capable of. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I, I fought my way through that whole experience with yeah. school. Um, you know, they always say these, these things are, are character building. And like, I, I, I'm sure if you told me that at the time, I'd be like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But yeah. you know, in hindsight, I think I'll take probably, a little less character. I, thank I, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think in hindsight, maybe it did sort of shape me to who I, who I am today. Yeah. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Can't you tell my love's a crow? It is amazing how, like, in yours and my... How old are you, if I may ask? A 47. 47. I'm 56, and... In our lifetime, going from being afraid to hold hands, mm-hmm. you know, like like our, my dad is gay, and when he would come visit me in Chicago or in New York, that was something because he's from Bloomington, Indiana, mm-hmm. which has a kind of a it's kind of like a little pocket of gay life in mm-hmm. you know because it's a university town, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, that was something he always was very struck by mm-hmm. in in a very kind of melancholy, you know, in a very melancholy way that, you know, that he couldn't do that. Um, I mean, frankly, I think he had problems with relationships generally. So I don't know if he, <laughs> you know, would be holding hands with anybody, but that's, right. you know, that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with gay or straight. It, he was always struck by that. And I'm always struck by the fact, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning where, in a lifetime, gay you know, gay people being married now is is except you know, I mean, it's right. accepted largely. You know, right. there's still pockets of places where they're trying to go against it, but right. but you know, there's still pockets, and then there's also like you know, that there's places where they're overturning it again, which is terrifying. Yes, yes. Um, or and then there's countries you know, like Japan, still right. incredibly sort of. No, there's a, still a ton of work to do, but there yeah. you know, we have. In this in this moment, I'm allowed to be married to my husband, yeah. which is great. Yeah, and I mean, but it's because it does seem 
like such an awful time in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much scary stuff going on. But then you do think like, well, I mean, gay people can be married and they can hold. I mean, I and my son is gay. I have my 17 year old son is gay and he and his boyfriend, you know, they've gotten to enjoy a, a, just like a very open life. They've been mm. they've been dating for five years now. Oh, that's they're, amazing. They're, I mean, r- ridiculously cute. Uh, uh, just the two of them together. But I remember, you know, when they went to prom, showing some of my gay friends at work their prom pictures. Yeah. And 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 these men going, oh, and I could just tell that they were saying. Oh, that's cute, but also like, God damn it, you know, that. I didn't get that. Yeah. And you don't ever, you won't, you're not going to get another prom. No. So, yeah. So, no. were you intimidated by New York? I mean, I know you were mm. excited to get into New York, but New mm. York's a scary place. It you know? is, but I was in such a bubble there. I yeah. went to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, um, which is a conservatory program, and you don't get, like, a, you don't get a, a degree you get like a certificate of completion oh, after well. and, and you can finish it in like <laughs> like literally like 16 months if you power through the summer wow. and, and so i i was and just does that mean anything out in oh god no yeah i mean it's you know no yeah. no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> uh, i mean even to like you know a play that's being put yeah. on it does it you know, I mean, the audition's what's going to get it for you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had, I had zero credits. I, I, you know, even when I was back in Albuquerque, I, I was usually in the ensemble of whatever the local thing was. Like, I didn't, I didn't have any speaking um, credits to my name. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm sure my parents— And that parent, wasn't discouraging? Because you just, started I in Albuquerque as of, a kid, Yeah, right? I did. But I, just, I think it's just— I, I, I don't know what it was, and I, I wish I could go back and bottle some of that confidence. Yeah. Um, cause I have major imposter syndrome about everything now. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I just had this sense that I was going to be fine. Like wow. I just had a great sense of, um, uh, faith in myself, which I don't understand. I, I look back on myself and like, I don't know how that I, I had that. Wow. You don't have any hunch. Like, I mean, loving, supportive parents, you know? No, I, I yeah, I mean, the, the, the of fact course. that, like, yeah. I have to have this or what the fuck else am I going to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, and they were very supportive, but I, I did feel like I had no other option. Like, I was just going to have to make this work. Right, yeah. Um, And I don't know if I, I don't think I had aspirations to become, you know, a star in a, a sitcom. Yeah. Like, I think I just, I was like, I'll be happy in the ensemble of Les Miserables. Right. Truly. Right. But to answer your question, I wasn't intimidated by yeah. New York at all. I, I felt like, it felt like a warm hug when I got there. Yeah. And it was, and it was because I had that bubble of people that, I mean, I didn't leave the Upper West Side where the school was. I mean, I, I went down to the theater district to see, to see Broadway shows, but like, The Village? No, no, no. Like, I, I, I didn't know how to get down there. Really? No. God, no. Wow. How long did it take living there before? I'm sure I, I went down with friends like maybe once in the first year that I was there. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, I was in my comfort zone. I was like, let me just stay up in the area that I, I, I'm familiar with and yeah. comfortable with. How long did it take you to feel like it was home? Uh, or did it ever? No, it does. And it still feels like home. And I haven't oh, lived there. Does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I haven't lived there. And God, it's coming up like close to 15 or 16 years. Yeah. Um, I, it was really fast. Like it was one of those places I I remember I remember telling my parents I was like I can't believe I have a bed here yeah and that was like immediate 
Yeah. So I just feel like that's that's exactly the definition of home, right? Yeah. Like where you get to put your head down. Right, exactly. Um, and I was like, I, I even though it was a dorm room, uh-huh. and it was like, I don't want to live in this place. This is a disgusting <laughs> place to put my head down. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that the place existed. Yeah, yeah. And so, that you were in, yeah, living in New York City. Yeah. When my mother uh, first visited me in, in when I lived in New York City, I lived in Hell's Kitchen when Hell's Kitchen was still kind of dicey. Mm-hmm. And she confessed to me years later that, I said goodbye to her and the, and the taxi took her to the airport and that she cried all the way to the airport just because she was so afraid for me. Yeah. You know? And it's, you know. So many people ask my parents, it's like, how did, why did you let him do that? How, how did you, how did you let him do that? Yeah. And they, their answer was like, oh, he was going to do it regardless. Right, like right. We, holding him back from that would have been. Yeah. Cruel. And again, I, I mean, it's one of my, all, like, look at all these people doing it. There's, yeah. a, I mean, there's a lot of people living here, you know, yeah. and like they, N- they can't murder all of us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, so some of us are going to get by the That's my mantra right before I leave the house every day. <laughs> well, can't get us all. Yeah, maybe I'll miss. There was something in my notes about that you came out to your dad three times. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I feel like some of the times that I came out, it was sort of like, I mean, the the proof was in the action that was like I was caught stealing gay porn from a Hastings book. Wow! And um, bookstore, and uh, I I had these magazines under my shirt, and I had been doing this for a while, so I had a stash at home. My dad had found the stash that I had at home because I had moved it out behind the house because I was afraid he was going to find it. Right. And then he saw me climbing over the wall, and with like a box, and he was like, "Well, that's suspicious." Yeah, which it is. And I think he was <laughs> expecting— Not many dads would just let that slide. No, you no. Know? But, it, but I think, if I remember correctly, I think his initial thought was like, oh, God, he's, like, selling drugs, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And so he found my stash. And so that was one time. So I was like, you know, we had a discussion about that. And then I was—and um, I don't think I ever said, like, I'm gay at that point. But, right. like, I think he was— yeah, come on. I had a, like yeah. a books bookstore's worth of sure. stolen gay porn. And you could you you didn't it wasn't foisted upon you. You chose No, I chose to, to do that. I chose that life. Yeah, I yeah. chose that dangerous <laughs> life. Um and then it happened to get where I actually got caught at the store and had to like and, and you klepto. I know, I know. Wow. The really disturbing part about this is that the police held me in a little room at the store and then when my parents came to pick me up. They showed them the the nature of the material I was stealing. Mm. And then um, I actually had to go and appear in front of a, a judge. And oh I had to do community God. service. Uh, and so that was a, another thing that happened. And then my mom sort of like broached the subject with me um, a few years later when I was in school. And I had a boyfriend that she, she came to visit me. And she could tell that I was having... A relationship with this person yeah and we didn't talk about it there but she wrote me a letter saying i i know you're gay and like then we had a discussion about it and she told, talked to my dad about it then so years later my dad asked me out of the blue if i had a girlfriend and i was like <laughs> okay all right <laughs> oh dad and so i was like dad uh, you know I'm gay, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, your mom mentioned something about that. Um, and then, Although, maybe you forgot to pay yeah, your yeah, dues yeah, yeah, and yeah, your yeah, membership yeah, yeah, yeah. was canceled. <laughs> Which has happened to me before, and it's a nightmare. <laughs> the, paper, the paperwork. Whew, yeah, I, I read your book tape. suddenly straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was not a pleasant <laughs> year. Um, and, 
you know, my dad in his like now says, well, I, well, I know now. And I was like, well, you danced at my wedding, so I should hope that you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dad, I think the cash of porn should yeah, have been the, the truly. kicker. You we know? have just like maybe nipped it in the bud there. Yeah, years of torture afterwards. So. When my when my dad came out to my mom, that was what ended their marriage, and my mom has said to me that she had no clue, which if you were to meet my dad, you mm-hmm. would think, you know, what a what a nice elderly gay man. You know, you, <laughs> like it just it's so funny in like a yeah. in a backwards looking lens or from that kind of fifties sure. lens of theirs. You know, and she also said like all these things came flooding to her head that were like, oh, oh right, yeah. I remember that. You know, yes. so a lot of long walks. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. A lot of like uh, you know, in your, in those early days, and when you get out and you're and you're auditioning and uh, you know doing plays, and is uh, I imagine you're getting you're doing day jobs too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Waiting tables or whatever. I worked at a few different coffee shops. One yeah. of them called Starbucks, <laughs> I think. Is it Starbucks? <laughs> um, and uh, then another independent one. Uh, and then I, I worked at a, a few. I, I I bartended at the Winter Garden Theater where Cats was playing. Oh wow! The musical Cats probably still playing. Oh no, it just no. Ended. It ended a while. It's in Justin. It ended a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I was I was there kind of near the well. And it was close to the end, but um, so I I I, uh, I worked there, and then I worked at a gift shop in New York where I have I, you know, I folded T-shirts, uh, yeah, you know, Phantom of the Opera T-shirts, Miss mm-hmm. Saigon, um, but yeah, that, that's how I and then I babysat a lot, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a lot of odd jobs, um, and even after I got my first big acting thing, and then that ended, I had to go back to you know the day jobs, yeah. and the the first job that I got was at, at the Delacorte Theater, which is this huge theater in the middle of Central Park and it's where so many great shows have started uh, you know and they get like a, I, you know, I did years later I did like the the Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino there I mean like you know they, it's very high quality right. level stuff so that was my first job and a lot of New Yorkers go see these shows the, in, at the Delacorte Theater because the tickets are free yeah. you wait in line for them and there's 2,000 seats and you know it's 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 the public theater sort of giving back the theaters of democracy and it should be available for everyone so right. um that that's their motto, and uh, it, it's something New Yorkers love. So I was part of this big show, and got a lot of attention. And then working back at this gift shop in Midtown, and you know people would come in, theater goers, seeing Broadway shows, and recognize me from the show over the summer. And uh, you know I got a firsthand experience of like people like sort of like asking me, you know, critiquing the, the like what what the show was. Like, you know what I didn't like? Oh, like boy. right to my face. Because oh, I was boy. accessible now. I was like literally, you know, selling them right. uh, a, 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 a mug, yeah. uh, you know, or a Statue of Liberty figurine. And so like here I am, you know, listening to them critique me right to my face. So it was it was weird because I'd, I had had a little bit of success, but I still was like, you know, needing to make ends meet. And a lot of the people I babysat for were – were actors who yeah. were doing better than I was. Obviously, that's why I was babysitting their children. Right, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was weird. But it, I felt I, it wasn't a scary time for me. It felt like a you know it was just what it was, and I, I had very I had a lot of faith that it was going to all work out. So when did you feel like okay, it's going to work out? Now I'm okay. Out. Yeah, um, I I did a, a musical called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, I was in the original company of that, and I got to develop it from the ground up. And when we moved to New York, 
that got these rapturous reviews and immediately they moved it to Broadway. And I just sort of felt like, okay, this is a jumping off point. And that was, I think that happened uh, almost 10 years after I moved to New York. So, you know, there was a period of time where I was really, you know, trying, struggling to make ends meet. Um, Did you ever lose faith? Did you ever think? mm, I got very frustrated. Yeah. But I don't remember a time where uh, there was always something to look forward to or always something that like I felt like could happen that kept me uh, kept me going. There was never a point where I was like, I don't know what my next audition yeah. is. There was always something. And also, you're in you're in a milieu. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're in a with a group of people, and you know, yeah. who, probably many of them struggling struggling similarly. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, and why not? You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was I, I was still you know worried about money because. Um, yeah. Uh, theater actors don't don't really make a ton of money, and <laughs> you can't really live on that money for very long. Yeah. Um, so it w- it wasn't until like I moved to LA that I actually was able to, like pay off my student loans. But like yeah. I did that definitely felt artistically, I was like, okay, this is a major moment. For Were me. you in the Spelling Bee uh, show until it ended? Did you? Or- no, I left early because um uh, some producers uh, f- from LA came and saw the show, and uh, I got cast in a pilot. That ended up going to series uh, called The Class, okay. um, directed by James Burroughs, the great James oh, Burroughs, nice. who did you know Taxi and yeah, Cheers yeah. and Will and Grace and Friends, and um, and it was sort of like the script that all the actors were circling around, and I got to be a part of that cast, and it was this great group of actors, um, Jason Ritter and Lizzie Kaplan and oh, John wow. Bernthal, um, Lucy Punch. It was just a, a really great group of people, yeah. and um, that was the thing that sort of like really launched me into Why like... Why did they go? Um, was there consensus opinion? I, you know, it was... Uh, th- th- what they were trying to do is they were trying to serialize uh, the sitcom a little bit. Oh. Uh, and th- it was like right when Lost was like really big. Yeah. And they they were, they were loved the idea of this huge ensemble where you can kind of follow different characters. Maybe other characters go away. Like you're, you barely see them in an episode and like you just sort of follow what, what this person's doing. They tried that concept with the sitcom and... Uh, Halfway through, they realized it wasn't working, and they kind of tried to fix it. They they fired some people. They reconstructed. So it just there was no it, the vision started to yeah, to get lost yeah. because there was too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. I, I think um, it's something that even I've heard James Bros talk about it even recently. He's like he still can't believe that that show didn't didn't yeah. work. It was replaced by The Big Bang Theory. Oh, I've heard of that. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, a serialized sitcom. Is kind of, I mean, I don't mean to be on the side of <laughs> network executives, yeah, yeah. but it is kind of the thing of like, eh, that doesn't so much yeah. work in reruns, you know? No, no, not at yeah, all. Yeah. Oh, God, no. I mean, yeah. it was, I, you know, I don't think anyone would have taken that chance now. I think at the time, I mean, it was also created by very respected showrunners, David Crane, who created Friends, oh, and yeah. uh, uh, Jeffrey Cleric, who created Mad About You. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think the network was like, all right, let's see Got what happens. James Burroughs yeah. was into it. So, you know, it, I think now it would be a harder sell for sure. Yeah, yeah. It might have been you that got it canceled. It, you know what? Frank. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Truly. <laughs> that closeted guy. I played straight on it. They're like, no one was believing it. Oh, really? It. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How was that for you? Great. To have your first, oh, was it? I, I mean, but to it. have your first thing in here to be, you know. I mean, yeah, I think looking back on it, there might have been a little bit of like, Oh, that was maybe a little hard to like. I wasn't 
I wasn't in a place where like talk shows were wanting to have me on. Where, yeah. So I wasn't like feeling like I my personal life was going to be exposed in any way. So I felt a bit protected in that respect. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe I, I it was a little like weird for me. But I I kind of like and looking back on, it, I was like, was that the last time I played straight? It might have been. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? I mean, because you know. Uh, uh, Modern Family, you know, you created such an indelible character in that, that it is. I mean, because after I just said, oh, really? You played a straight character? I thought, like, well, yeah, dummy. Like, why wouldn't he? But then, it's, but it's just because, you know, you, you know, you are a gay person who played a gay character yeah. so, you know, ably and so wonderfully on a show that's beloved. So, yeah, I mean... Do you worry about that? Do you worry about mm-hmm. kind of yeah yeah yeah? Um, I you know th- I think for anyone who has the, the it's it's very lucky to be on a successful show like that. But you know you're you're spending the rest of your career uh, trying reaction, to yeah. yeah and trying to uh, counter program people's opinion of yeah. you and crawl out from under that character. And, and you know as actors we want to be able to play everything. So you know if if when you walk into a room. 90% of the people in the room recognize you as this one thing because yeah. you've been in their living room doing that thing for the yeah. past, you know, however many years. It's just, it puts you in a really hard place. Yeah. Um, you know, I just did, <laughs> I'm in that movie Cocaine Bear. Uh-huh. And um, my friend Liz Banks is the director and she invited me to do it. It's like, okay, well, we need to like massively change the way I look. Um, and so we, you know, I, I Got a, I shaved a mustache. We got a, a wig. I kind of look like Bruce Valanche a little bit. Um, and <laughs> was it just uh, for fun that you wanted to change the way you look? No, I, I was like, I, I want people to, to not, not recognize I see, me. I, I want see, them to yeah. like be like, who is that? Is that? Yeah. I wanted them to like, and, and I think that's what how I think a lot of people don't even know I was in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not in a, a super long time. The cocaine bear does get to me pretty early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was fun to do but I, I was like I oh you know what I played straight in that me and Margot Martindale basically Margot Martindale of all people wow uh, who's who one of my favorite actors she's the best is the greatest uh, we sort of play well, she, she has a crush on my character I don't think it's you know right it's returned but um, yeah yeah love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Can't you tell my love's a crow? How long were you, after that, that show, did you set then the, the first... Uh, show, I'm, it's called the, the class. The class. After the class, were you like, okay, L.A. for me? No. Um, I, well, that's not true. I, I, I thought, well, that got canceled, but I should probably stick around here for, I now have a bed in L.A., mm-hmm. um, see what happens. But then the writer strike happened. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, all work kind of dried up. Yeah. So I was going back and forth to New York, and I was doing, I was doing a workshop of um, actually, uh, a musical version of the movie Elf, 
as oh, the, the wow. Will as the Will Ferrell part. Oh, and that's, so you know what I uh, did, were you the the oh no that I'm sorry I'm thinking of something else I'm thinking of the Santa Land Diaries. Oh oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. which I also did when I was young. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, oh, the David great. Sedaris piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was workshopping the, this musical, and so I was like, "Well, that this I'll probably end up back in New York doing that." Yeah. And then um, when the strike ended, I um, I got a, a script of a new show called um, "Do Not Disturb." About it was kind of an upstairs downstairs uh, sitcom about uh, a hotel, and yeah. I was in the I was in the downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they put the ugly people downstairs. Oh, no, no, honey. I know, but it's true. Um, and uh, that show got canceled um, after, I think, three or four episodes. It, it had terrible ratings. And um, I was like, this isn't going to last. Yeah. And uh, the next season uh, was Modern Family. So I went from the show that was canceled first of the, of the, the entire season to the show that won the Emmy. So I, yeah. I went right from the bottom to the top, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. What was, I mean, how soon after the, uh, the debut, the premiere of Modern Family, did you feel your life? Because I imagine your life changed dramatically, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we we got all this Emmy love on our after our first season, mm -hmm. and that felt really crazy. I um, was never expecting that for myself. I kind of saw it maybe happening for Eric and and Ty, um, but you know they they really showered all of us with a lot of um, a lot of love. And I was like, oh, this is this is resonating in a way that I don't even think I understand. Wow, you know. But the thing about the thing about this business is you're you're always like looking for um, the pink slip. You're you're you know you just it's 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 constantly uh, a career of um, being fired or, yeah. or being let go or or things just disappearing. And so I I think you know especially in the theater. I mean like I you never have a job for for too long in the theater. Yeah. So I just I just didn't have it. It wasn't part of my psyche that this was going to be something that would be um, a consistent job. Mm -hmm. And I was, I just, I had a, I think it was even like season four or five. I was like, okay, I think we're, I think we're okay now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it ended up being a, a, a job that lasted for 11 years, which yeah. is just unheard of, yeah. you know, in this business. So, was that long enough? Too long? The perfect? It might've been a little too long, but yeah. I'm happy we did that. You know, I think we, there was an opportunity to end after season 10 mm -hmm. um and i'm just really happy that we got to do one last season knowing that it was gonna be our last season because it gave us that year to sort of say, say a really long slow goodbye right right um and just enjoy it and really take it all in yeah um so i'm i i'm i'm, I'm grateful for the 11th year but i think probably we were all exhausted yeah um i don't think we did anything super revolutionary in that last year um but i'm glad that you know fans uh are are I think we're happy that we, we gave him one more year. And yeah. um, it certainly was, you know, I made some more money, which is great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I imagine, yeah. That I think the writers were kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. right what have we got? <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of episodes that they have to come up with. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, is there something in your mind to do something with your career that will top Modern Family? Like, mm -hmm. is that, is that something, uh, a thought that you've yeah. actually sort of formulated? Um, I don't, I don't know if anything will top it necessarily, but I mean, a nice companion piece would be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, um, You know, I, I, I just did a play on Broadway and I, I won a Tony Award for it. So it's like, you know, that, that was a, 
you know, coming from, if we're like going to oh, fast right. forward. Congratulations to, on Thank that. you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. But, but if like, you rewind back to this beginning of this conversation where like I was just a kid who went to theater and yeah. being the ensemble of Les Miserables, like then I won a Tony Award. So it's like, for me, that was, um, that was a moment that when it was happening, I was like, okay, this is, this is a big deal. Yeah. This, and, and that, that whole experience of that play of Take Me Out um, was a career highlight for me. I just, you know, I mean, I got to do so much with Modern Family, but, you know, I didn't get to use my full toolbox. And there, there is this, this character that I got to play in this play was, um, you know, it, 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 it was multi-layered in ways that just you can't do on a sitcom. Yeah. The audiences aren't interested in super multi-layered characters in sitcoms. They kind of yes. want a prototype. Right. Um, and uh, so that was, it was just, it, it felt really good after 11 years of, of doing something you know where your 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 episodes are crammed into 22 minutes to do this like hour, two and two and a half hour play where you get to really explore a character it, mm-hmm. it was it was really liberating um and i i it opened up my desire to do things that um surprise people um uh i i would love to do something more dramatic um i love it you know when i when modern family started uh there was no streaming platforms. Yeah. It was just all network television. So I, I love that this, that I, I mean, I felt like it came out of a bunker when Modern Family was done. I was like, where are we? What is going on? What yeah. is this, what is this um, you know, industry now? And uh, I, I love that there's there's so much great content out there and um, that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be tied down to this contract that, that will last you another 11 years. Yeah. If you had to choose stage, TV, or movies, well, um, I mean, I'm in a lucky position because I've I've made some money doing TV. Because it, it, again, you don't make a, a, a working a living wage yeah. for for very long doing doing theater. Um, but I do love. I mean, there's for me, it's always will be theater first. Yeah. Is, is if you're asking me, like, what what fills my soul? Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. fills my bank account is something different. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, what is? I mean, there's obvious differences, but I mean, what what is it about the theater that speaks to you more so than than filmed? It's at work? you know, Eric Stone Street would always make fun of me on Modern Family because I would love to rehearse and like you know, he's like, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. Just tell us where to go and we'll just do it. Yeah, I love well, he's that an improv guy. He's an improv yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. He's great at that. Yeah. Um, and with theater, you know, you get this like long rehearsal process and you really get to figure these people out and um, really study the material. And you have these long discussions with the other actors about it. And it's just it feels just so rich. And yeah. then, you know, with with television and film, you know, you you do the, you do something, you do a day at work and then like, an editor takes it and, and, and kind of Frankenstein's it together into this performance that ends up being on television or on film and you know in theater you are the editor you yeah. what what you, you it's one long take yeah. and you you're just with the audience for that for that long take and no other audience will ever see that long take again yeah that that performance it's it's that's be unique to that day and there's just something so special and electric about that to mm-hmm. be in a room with all these strangers watching something that will never happen the same way again yeah um, you know, we do the same play. The words are mostly the same unless someone, you know, changes them or Jesse Williams would always go up on his lines. He would just forget what he was saying and make shit up. I was like, that is not what the playwright wrote, <laughs> but we're still on the track. So good, good for you. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is, it's, it's that performance just takes place in that moment. I think that's so special. Yeah. Um, you've got a podcast. Yeah. Did you know that? That's why I'm here. I'm practicing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you're doing very well. Uh, Thank you're, you. Yeah, you're podcasting up a storm. Dinner's on me with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. You actually do eat dinner with people, right? Yeah, I take I take someone out to dinner and we just have a conversation over dinner. And how do you uh, uh, do you go like to a restaurant? Yeah, and is it yeah. noisy and you know? Um, we've only done a handful of them so far, and so you know each restaurant p- um, presents its own challenges. Yeah, uh, the restaurants that we've been working with are usually pretty good about finding us a, a quiet space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we we like that you can hear the bustling yeah. of the, the the restaurant. You know, you hear the waiter come over and drop the menus and talk about the specials. And um, I just feel like you know having a meal with someone really loosens people up. I think yeah. conversations are different over a meal. Couple of um, drinks. Couple of drinks yeah. always helps. And th- at least in this this first season, I'm I'm focusing on people I'm already kind of friends with because mm-hmm. it's like I'm getting my own feet wet with this and I need a safety blanket. It's fun for people to eavesdrop on conversations Absolutely. among and, um, people that are friends yeah, and yeah, funny. Yeah, and in our, our first episodes, uh, it's me and Julie Bowen. Oh, fun. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like for people who are fans of Modern Family, like – to hear this conversation with this person I adore who played my sister for 11 years, I yeah. think that could be really fun for people. And, you know, the conversations tend to get, you know, they go into a deep place. I talk about um, imposter syndrome, <laughs> which <laughs> I mentioned having. Yeah. Um, I talk about, you know, depression. We talk about families. We talk about divorce. We talk about, you know, our kids. It's it's in, you know, of course, in the work that brought us together. But uh, I, I think it's, I'm really enjoying it. I yeah. have, you know, it's, it's interesting, I, like interviewing Julie, um, was like way harder than uh, interviewing, say, like Fred Armisen, who I would interviewed a few few days um, afterwards, because I know Julie so well, and there's such a shorthand. And with Fred, I know him a little bit, but there's so much I don't know about him. Right. So it, it was. Um. I, I'm I'm doing a Jesse Williams tomorrow mm-hmm. on the podcast. I'm not doing him. Like, where I'm talking to him. I'm not doing Jesse Williams. That's a pull quote. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's, that's going on TMZ tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, I do it. Um, but you know, be, I, I, before every interview, I always get like, "Oh God, this is gonna be the one that that just bombs." And mm. so far, it's been it's been really great and really fun. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, good luck with it. It's, it's no, a, I'm, I'm enjoying myself immensely. And yeah. it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to go to some really amazing restaurants uh, here in L.A. And then also I'm doing a, a, a lot of them in New York as well. But then just like hang out with some friends that, I, I mean, some of these people, I I see them a lot, but I don't get to like hang out with them one-on-one and just yeah. have, you know, a conversation. And then there's there, there's a group of people on, on the, my list that I'm going to have uh, on as guests. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know these people. And I'm really looking forward to those yeah. conversations. So. I will say it does occur to me that it is it has been fun for me to interview people that I know very well mm-hmm. and to ask them questions that you know kind of like why did your parents get a divorce mm-hmm. I mean that I don't that sure. was, you know that kind of thing that you, that wouldn't, you wouldn't normally ask, 100%. ask somebody yeah That's and right. that you're in a context that you can get away with prying into there's your also friends, yeah you know. there's also so much room for nuance in these longer conversations you know yeah. when i'm on conan for example it's like you get six minutes and yep. like you know it's a, it's a there's an audience and yep. you, you're playing to them and you're rushing through these stories sometimes and yep. you know it's 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 really nice to relax and breathe and just have a conversation oh absolutely yeah no the talk shows are they're not even a conversation it's yeah. a very kind of it's almost like a we, a little improvised sketch. Yeah, exactly. It's not a com- you're not going to really learn much. It's, right. You're, and and to try in that context too is you, you know it's 
like trying to give a sermon at a county <laughs> fair or something. It's just like it doesn't, you know, you did, it's not hard to do well, something and I'm serious. A, I'm and a laugh silly. whore. I'm a laugh whore. So you've put, if you put like more than like 10 people in front of me, I was like, how am I going to make nine of them uh, laugh? Yeah, yeah. So you put me in front of an audience at Conan, for right. example, and like, I'm like, I'm going to do, I will be ruthless. Uh-huh. And I will do things that I would never normally do in public. <laughs> <laughs> whoopee cushions. Exactly. Yeah, hundreds of whoopee cushions. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Do you have any like plans beyond kind of just more of the same, you know, I mean, raise, I, to, raise your kids? I'm really happy with um, where am I, I, I? I've been constantly surprised by the opportunities that have been given to me. Yeah. And I just hope for more of that. Um, I hope that, you know, I, I, I have a few projects coming up. It's a little early to talk about them, but like there, there are things that I was like, oh, I never saw myself doing that. Mm. And that excites me. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I now have two other people in my life that I have to think about. And I'm excited to sort of, uh, you know, carve out space for them in this career that I've, I've, I've made for myself. It's, it's, it's a hard career, I think, to, to raise a family. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot that is asked of you. Yeah. Uh, and especially when you are someone who people recognize, you know. Yeah. It's uh, also profoundly self-involved. This oh, one hundred percent. So yeah. it's kind of hard to, you know, which is why it's such a joy. Oh, sorry, is why it's such a joy that, um, you know, you have these people that you can't be self-involved. Yeah, around. yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, that's not on the table. Yeah, yeah. That's and when you have kids, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's almost like, oh, thank God, I can stop. Yeah, with, with <laughs> yeah. The, all this me, you yeah, know, I can yeah. just take care of somebody else. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. What do you think? What, what do you think the main lesson you've learned uh, so far in your life is? You know, or the thing that you can share that might be helpful. I think it's important to uh, not be too controlling with where your career goes. I think I've learned to sort of just like, you know, let things uh, let let things sort of lead me to the next thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm still. I don't know if I have great lessons that I've taken away from this this career yet or my life. I do I do feel like it's it's very important to lean into my uniqueness and yeah. uh you know I I started off in this business wanting to do musical theater in New York which is you sort of like are expected to like kind of fit into a mold and and be like everyone else and have a this type of voice and be able to dance this type of way and and look this certain way and I I soon realized that all these things that I bring to a room that are just uniquely me are way more valuable than doing any of those things well. I'm not a great singer. I'm not a great dancer. And yet I like was in a few like fantastic Broadway musicals because I brought um, my own sense of self to, to them. And yeah. um, you, that that uniqueness is, is what is going to get me to the next thing. So I think you know, trusting the gifts that I've been given and not compare myself to other people has been something I'm still working on, but I'm, I'm learning that that's a very important thing you know even under under like really sort of you know aggressive pushback pressure from kids and mean you know albuquerqueans <laughs> you know that you that you pressed on i mean that's it's yeah. you know that's yeah. it's very commendable and 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 uh, you know so everyone should go be in musical theater is what I think that's the right. point is. That's what it Move is. Move to Albuquerque. Yeah. Do it the way I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Get bullied for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, Dinner's on Me with Jesse Tyler Ferguson is a new podcast uh, that is going to be on May 23rd. Uh, check it out. I will. Um, and Jesse, thank you so much. Thanks, Andy. for For coming in and thank spending you. some time with me. And good luck on the podcast. Uh, you don't have to pick up the check, do you? I think this, no, no. I don't physically pick up the check, but so, I, I don't let the guests pay for it. Right. Because dinner is on me. Right, of course. Um, but, you know, the production company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Me. The, yeah, 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 the yeah, other yeah. guy. The entity. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's another one of these. Uh, thank you very much for listening, all of you out there, and I'll be back next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442.